Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Um, Splendorous Northwest hops tastes like vinyl sounds. So it tastes like vinyl sounds. Wow. Um, you have to do hearability. I think I think this podcast probably tastes like Jack Edwards sounds, so <laughs> as you will. everybody welcome in to season three episode 46 the david Krejci episode of the Bruins and bruins podcast my name is cam hasbrook joined uh, as per partially usual by our partial co-host nick lanciani uh drew is currently making a cheeseburger it looks like based on his previous tweet so he will be with us soon actually there he is when you know welcome Good drew to the Bruins and bruins podcast uh we literally just got started about 20 seconds ago um drew i just told people you were making a cheeseburger i want to make sure that that's still correct yes yes hey i uh, flipped myself a couple of burgers well i didn't flip them because it was a george foreman <laughs> but flip. yeah didn't burn your foot yeah it was good uh not as good as the ones that uh busick made for me that one time yeah of course no i mean johnny busick burgers are, are untouched naturally um chris is not with us today despite it being the david Krejci episode uh he is currently uh, joining a pirate ship in, uh, well, rather off the coast of Somalia. So we'll hopefully get some some live correspondence from him soon. But for now, uh, he's he's nowhere to be found. Has he found Tom Hanks yet? We can only hope. Actually, I was reading some stuff about Tom Hanks earlier. What a guy! Remember when Tom Hanks got COVID and everybody was like, "Oh shit, it's real." <laughs> like this <laughs> well, can happen to anyone. Everybody. That that is the moment <laughs> when people realized it was it, it, it wasn't everybody. I, well, everybody who everybody who was eventually going to realize realized it in that moment, like, oh fuck, it can happen to anyone. So that was that was scary. But uh, anyway, this is Bruins and Bruins, as I say every time I host. So we'll get to the Bruins, but first let's start with the Bruins. Uh, actually, I don't have a beer; I have something else. But I saw Lancey's got a beer, which I believe he's I had on here before. But I'm curious I, to see if you keep the same stats. I mean, you're always coming to us about whether we keep the same beer to beer stat from one episode to the next i'm curious whether you're doing the same thing well you see i had a dilemma uh mm-hmm. one of my favorite beers is in the fridge right now but there's only one left oh i figured right i might now. save it for two weeks from now because then it will be you know a special beer but a couple of the other ones that are still in the fridge from like thanksgiving or whatever nobody wants to drink so I wasn't about to take one of those, and I went with Old Reliable, Medusa Brewing. It's Laser Cat Imperial IPA, uh, which of course is eight percent alcohol per volume, and thirty uh, sevens all around. Don't have to take a sip of it, mostly because it's partially frozen right now. I kid <laughs> you not; it's been that far back in the fridge. That's the worst. When like I feel like that always happens to me with like milk or like pickles. Like there's some things where it's okay. Like if I have some like fruit juice back there, I'm I'm fine with it icing up a little bit. In fact, it's kind of preferred. But you don't want icy milk or or icy pickles. 
John Taffer yeah. will be arguing about how this should be at 39 degrees. And I would be saying that it reminds me of the, uh, the frosty mug that I have, but I can't use during the season. Not for any superstition. I just can't use it during the season. Uh, in which any liquid that you pour in that just freezes over. And you, it turns into like a slushy. So if you like slushy beer, then uh, hang out at my kitchen. <laughs> we'll uh, tweet out that address later. But for now, uh, Drew, what you got to drink tonight? I here have. I had to get up real quick to. I had recycled the can. This is like the first time in a while that I've been Did drinking out of a mug. So I recycled the can and uh, forgot what I was drinking. Um, what I am drinking <laughs> is Breakside. Um, I don't know if that's the name of the beer or if it's the name of the brewery, but it's from Portland, Oregon. And they're employee-owned. So I would assume it's Breakside Brewing Company. Sorry if I got that wrong, but it just says it's their India Pale Ale. Um, Splendorous Northwest hops. Tastes like vinyl sounds. So it tastes like vinyl sounds. Wow. Um, You have to do hearability. I think think this podcast probably tastes like Jack Edwards sounds, (laughs) as you will. Uh, (laughs) um, Alcohol, 6.4%. Anyway, we'll get to the tests. Drinkability. Pretty drinkable. You can, uh, you know, when I taste those hops, they scream Northwest, you know. So Northwest hops for sure. Um, What you say there, Trevor? 18. Tasteability. 26. Drew test. I can't really see myself. Yeah, no, I can't. It does yeah, not can't pass really the see Drew you test. Through the beer through the screen. So I'm not sure if that adds another layer. Oh, of yeah. Let me, my hand. Stability, but. No, I, uh, no, no I yeah. can't see my hand. I feel like I'm surprised by the Drew test. Like a lot of beers that you think you'd be able to see through, a lot of the times you can't. They're a little hazier than you think. Makes you wonder what the fuck's in that shit. <laughs> what should happen the next time I go to an eye exam? And can you see through this beer? I think most people probably don't no, know. How what about is you finish beer. it first and then can you see through? Yeah, I think most people probably don't know what's in beer. If you would ask them, like, what is beer made out of? They'd be like, you know, when they are uh, like, what's that? And they'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, when they like in high school, they like give you the beer goggles. Like, that's a part of the. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. They should just from now on hold up a beer to my face. Yeah, like that's what it's gonna look like. To it, depending on how fucked up you are, yeah. you're not seeing anything. Or yeah, you're trying exactly. to see in this random dude. Uh, I do not have a beer. I switched it up. I did stop and get beer on the way home. Um, but I, I decided to switch it up a little bit here. Uh, I'm going with a a kind of bastardized whiskey sour. Uh, whiskey sours are some of my favorite Bastard. mixed drinks. Uh, probably like. Probably whiskey sours and uh, southern mules, which are Moscow mules, but you swap in whiskey for the vodka. Um, just more of a whiskey guy than a vodka guy. But anyway, this is a whiskey mule, but it's made with uh, Red Stag by Jim Beam. So it's like really sweet because Red Stag is uh, a Jim Beam flavor that's it's mixed. It's their whiskey with cherry liqueur mixed in between. So it's very sweet kind of um, cherry, like black cherry infused whiskey. So making a whiskey sour out of that, I thought might work pretty well. Um, but between the cherry liqueur and the fact that I put a little bit too much simple syrup in, it's actually just a little bit too sweet. 
So it kind of, I mean, it, it goes down easy because you can't taste the, the whiskey much, but or at least the, the alcohol part. But it does kind of taste like cough syrup, which is not really what you want in a drink. Cough uh, syrup. That being oh. said, it's here and it's made. So we're going to we're gonna keep chugging away on that one. Mm. Not literally. This is definitely a sipper. But anyway, moving on, we're going to talk a little bit of hockey here. Our main topic tonight before we get into listener questions, this is going to be kind of a short one. But our main topic is going to be Jeremy Swayman, uh, somebody who we've discussed a lot over the last year, really. But uh, especially over the last couple months, taking home NHL Rookie of the Month honors for February finished first across the league with a 960 save percentage, a 1.13 goals against average and a five, one and one record, including that shutout in the Bruins seven, nothing win against the Kings on the 28th, as well as another shutout against the Ottawa senators on the 12th. This is just awesome to see. I mean, obviously we're, we're Bruins fans. So seeing sway get on her like that is great, but I'm curious to see like what your guys thoughts are now that, I mean, obviously we're not, at the end of the season yet. And it's all about longevity with young goalies, which is kind of something that I was tweeting about yesterday. Um, but through this point in the season, Sway looks like the kid that we saw who was on an absolute heater at the end of last season. Again, we still have about one season or a little less of, of actual NHL playtime. And even then he's been splitting uh, like, like goalies do nowadays. That being said, Based on where we are right now, he's checking off all the boxes that, that we're looking for. And this Rookie of the Month honor is just kind of a, a little cherry on top, I think, for that so far. You know, I don't know. Someone on Twitter has yet, I have yet to see it, but someone out there has got a tweet before the next month's announcement because, you know, these things will change and no one will get the joke. Uh, <laughs> because it was February, it wasn't a full month, right? So it wasn't, ah, it wasn't long enough to really earn the really honors. Yeah, the meritocracy and all this other stuff that will go on about strangely because you know as if there's a goaltender controversy every year or not or whatever fantasy world you want to make up uh yeah swayman's the starter at this point given the fact that he played six games and Allmark played four in february oh and swayman's played a lot better now it's not to say that Allmark is bad it is to say that Linus Allmark has kind of hit a little bit of a wall and they just have to plan better what kind of matchups he can get to rebuild his confidence. And in today's NHL, you just go with your hot goaltender, right? Unless you have a Henrik Lundqvist, Roberto Luongo, a Tuka Rask, someone that is a once in a decade, once in a generation type goaltender, it's very much go with a hot hand. Right now, Jeremy Swayman's got the hot hand. Keep playing Jeremy Swayman. No, I just, I'm so glad Tukarask got injured because then, you know, we wouldn't have Swayman, you know? No, that's me mocking probably what Tuka haters are saying right now. I don't know. I avoid that corner of Twitter. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's obviously great to see. Um, I mean, it, it being like getting that sort of achievement, like it's just a matter of timing. It just happened that those were his stats in that month, but it does imply, you know, he's been playing good recently. Um, and that's really good to see because I think, I mean, my main concern about this team, uh, like going far, maybe winning the cup is, has been goaltending just because I mean, Swayman and Allmark, they're both good, but 
you know, who you don't know what's going to happen with them. They don't have the consistency like Rask. Um, and the reason I'm worried about that is because I'm also worried about the defense in their current state. And That's more concerned. It, those two things go in tandem with me. Now seeing Swayman playing like this, well, if he can stay consistent with it, if he can provide this kind of play in the playoffs, then I'm a little less nervous about goaltending. I'm still nervous about defense, but it's kind of that that sparks the the concern in goaltending. Um, so encouraging, encouraging, just needs to keep that consistent. I mean, that's great. That's, that's beyond expectations, but that's kind of where he's going to need to be get. He's going to be a starting goaltender for the Boston Bruins. There's like a there's a different the microscope that that has. <laughs> And, and the only other fun thing that I want to toss in, because someone's going to look at the string of the last six games entering Thursday night and be like, he has six consecutive quality starts, and he has a 1.95 goal against average and a 9.29 save percentage in three shutouts this season. That's insane. He's the next Tim Thomas. Just pump the brakes. Typically, you don't have six consecutive quality starts. I'm not saying you have one where it's like a 700 night, but you might have an 898 once in a while and you either win or lose that game. But in this case, it's been pretty good, you know, so it's kind of outperforming where he normally would be, but it's encouraging to see that he's at the level that he should be in terms of both. Can they get to the better half of the postseason this year, as well as, all right, so what's next year going to look like? Because you would assume that if he continues to play well and remains a starter throughout the end of this year, he's going to be the starter going to training camp. Which, as competitive as he is, you know, like how is that going to play into the swing of things and the ebbs and flows of everything that you're going to see? But that's all talk that we can save for after the, you know, the trade deadline in which they'll either go out and do something impressive or they'll stand pat and be like, we thought that our best addition was to having everyone first line. get healthy or something. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and uh, and then they'll see how, you know, just how really well put together. Uh, as Drew mentioned, the defense is, yeah. it's, it's not terrible, terrible. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. No. But it's still not great. It's not on a level realistically that they should compete for a Stanley cup, which exactly. has yeah, been it's not, the, the contention, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's not like they're playing with a, you know, a, a bottom five defense by any means, but we it's not in that upper echelon. It, that it also in. doesn't rule. It also doesn't rule them out because like they're able to hold their own enough that like the offense could carry them if that's what wound up happening. Yeah. But, but then you're, you're putting hockey, the, you can't the bank on just, carry, it's right? not, it's not basketball where like you can kind of bank on these players are going to eat up all these minutes for you. It's going to be consistent output. Like we've seen it with the perfection line in the playoffs. Sometimes they're on, sometimes they're not. And when you don't have that depth, <laughs> it doesn't work out for you. That's where it's going to go. You, you need an extra body or two for the defense, given the attrition rate of injuries and just everything that has seemed to go well for certain young guys that just quickly evaporates in a second uh if you think back to the first 10 games of the season we all said jacob's a borrow he looks great and then he tore his acl so now we're left with okay well earl back and next man up and then he had a concussion okay well 
now what? You know, so, <laughs> so we're at that point where it's like, just go get someone. Even you get like Nick Holt and you bring him back from the Ottawa Senators. That's fine. But as long as you make something else kind of bigger up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, Cam, if you have more in sway. Oh, uh, I just, I mean, just gonna kind of tie a knot up in it. Um, this, you know, I, I think, I think what Lancey said earlier about him being where he should be was, was not quite giving him enough credit. I think he's, he's ahead of where I would expect a lot of goalies for his age to be. Um, yes, but sir. on the flip side of that, I think it's, it's difficult to like crown somebody. I'm definitely like, I think there's no question that he's an NHL caliber goalie, obviously based on what we're seeing. I think it's tough to crown somebody after a season's worth of games as like a, an established NHL starter. I think he is certainly on pace to be that. And like I just said, I think he's, he's doing better than I would expect out of a player mm-hmm. who, you know, just a few short years ago was playing in college and got very little time in the AHL. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a being excited, but also tempering your expectations a little bit so that you don't end up in in like the Carter Hart situation that I had mentioned on Twitter exactly. where like you know he looked like a he looked like the second coming of Christ <laughs> for a while when when he first came to Philly he still looks like a pretty solid goaltender he had a, a pretty drastic fall off after that initial season still I think is as, as an NHL caliber goalie and, and Philly's got some defensive issues that are certainly on helping with that oh, but yeah, you want to talk about defense it's really bad. yeah exactly um but you know it, it, Suffice to say that Carter Hart might not be the player at first that, you know, he looked like he had the potential to be like the next big thing in NHL goaltending, just like, you know, Igor Shesterkin looks like that right now. Both of them still have, I think, great careers ahead of them. And I'm not trying to compare the two as if they're the same, but, and again, this is the thing that we talk about with Rask a lot is that the ability to do it year after year is what separates truly Mm -hmm. franchise goalies versus guys who are, you know, we've seen, guys like anti Ranta or like a, a plenty of these players who have like really hot seasons and then they go and post like an 895 the next year. Right. So it's tough to like put all For your sure. eggs in that swimming basket. And, and it's not his, you know, there's nothing he can do. He's standing on his head right now. I trust him as much as I would trust any goalie of his age right now, but I'm not going to be fully committed to like, you know, trading line to soul mark or something like that. Oh, Until absolutely not. There are years worth of this. No, no it's, it's, so. it's the, this tandems who you have going into the playoffs. Because yeah. And I honestly, and like, again, it could be a situation where one of them's cold and they switch it up mid series. Like that's totally, I could definitely see that yeah. with this tandem. Still gonna Almost series, interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> you will. Depending, <laughs> depending on like when, depending on when they're on their A game, like they're almost interchangeable in that sense. It's, it's like very close margin between the skill. I think Swayman, hand obviously as we've said right now but um and probably long-term better potential um but if right now they're almost interchangeable so i could totally see them just going if if swayman has a couple rough games in the in round one you see all mark for a couple games maybe i don't think cassidy will be afraid to do that if the series is like three to one by all means you know dig yourself out of the hole by any means necessary Again, with Swayman, it's just he's played 34, now 35 career NHL games. I, It's too early for any yeah. player, goaltender or not, to say yeah. this guy is going to be the surefire thing unless it's Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, that type of player. It's not unfair to say that he is, and this is a dangerous term to throw around, 
the goaltender of the future for the Boston Bruins. Mm -hmm. Because once you say that, then there's the precedent of will he or will he not make it? Right. And now I have nightmares of Henry Toivonen. Oh, he's going to make it. And then, well, that didn't really work out. And that was right around the same time that, great segue here, is Jeremy Swayman a Calder Trophy contender or not? If he continues by the end of the season, now, you might be interested to find out that in my forecast, and I'm not going to go into the, the totals I have for wins, losses, overtime, shootout losses, etc., because that doesn't really matter unless it's too glaring of an issue. But goals against average and save percentage, I have them between a 1.99 and a 205 by season's end. Again, I think it might be a little unrealistic, but then again, he is Jeremy Swayman, and he's proven people wrong. He's very competitive, and that's great to see. But just, you don't even have to pump the brakes. You can just, like, tap the brakes. Just make sure that they're there. Just, like, and... keep a, an eye on, like, the rearview mirror even. You don't even have to hit anything yet. Because exactly. there's no, like, signs that, that you know, I don't want to give out the impression that he's faltering. But you just, just, like, you don't want to run, run free like, entirely. Yeah. You want to stay to the speed limit and go on, you know, the middle lane on the highway. Something like exactly. that. So you, so you can avoid the dangers, the pitfalls of Carter Hart or... Let's see, the last goaltender to win the Calder Memorial Trophy. Uh, Steve Mason in the 2008-2009 season yeah. at 21 years old. Now, Swayman's 23, which was the same age that Andrew Raycroft won in 03-04, which should tell you developmentally-wise, Swayman's doing pretty well. Yeah, the Bruins are going to trade him for Tucker Rath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, real quick, one, one last thing on Swayman that, you know, obviously a competitive person, but the thing that again really sticks out to me is that he just seems to have that poise that sort of in a similar vein that Tuka Rask had, but for such a young player to be that composed and and seem like he's just having fun, honestly. Like you, you can see him laughing during games and stuff. I think it's, it's really impressive for a guy who obviously has a lot of pressure on him. Equal parts, very, very serious, and also just here to have fun and joke around. And yeah, it's what you look for out of an athlete. Yeah. Uh, Drew, I believe you have something to say about. Well, I had said, to win dunks now. <laughs> I, I I had said earlier, you know, how hockey isn't like basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I swear to God, I am talking between the legs. 360 windmill good. Feel, wah, 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 wah. feel the sweat like never before. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, like lots of New England, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for it. Ooh, everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
21 plus minimum age and location requirements by vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for fullest requirements and state specific responsible gaming resources where void or prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler in Tennessee. Call or text the TN Redline 1 800 888 9789. Connecticut call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPD.org slash chat in New York. Call 878 Hope NY or text Hope NY 346 7369. Legalizes sports betting soon. It's it's tough, like seeing all you know friends and stuff, and like being able to, to throw some some parlays. Like I'm not a, like a big gambler, but I like to like you know I'm going to work something. I'm like keep an eye on a game. Like I would like to be able to just throw like hey two dollars on a game. You know what I mean? Or throw a little two or three team parlay for five bucks. And like you know I'm not I'm not throwing five grand on anything, but it's something to kill the time a little bit would be nice when I'm watching like two college baseball games from schools i've never heard of it'd be cool you know probably shouldn't gamble on you those should games be in the movie <laughs> you should be in the movie that we came up with about the uh, guy on the other oh end of the yeah on the hotline yeah we should probably rebrand that into like a basketball spin-off so we can rock a between the lights yeah. <laughs> good i want to see chris bad. try that that's that should be some video content this summer is that chris has to land a 360 between the legs windmill dunk like into the in the lake at lake champlain i was just gonna say are we gonna bring one of those little tykes hoops 100 yeah champlain? i actually have one from my old pool so we could we can make that work which would be nice um all right we got a couple listener questions that we can uh drop in here quick uh, i just gotta pull them out unless you got it drew any I, I I have Twitter not, open. I'm right, sorry, we got it. Um, well, I guess we'll start with our good friend Rob Schlosser because he kind of asked a question that we sort of got to, but he got another one too. He said, what do you think of Sway's end of the season stats would have to look like for him to be firmly in the Calder discussion? We sort of mentioned, do you think he's a Calder candidate? I think realistically no because it's – extremely hard to become just to get into that conversation. I think he maybe should be, but I think like being in it at this point is, is unlikely. Um, That being said, you know, that's, that's mostly because I think they just aren't going to get, just like they're not going to give the hard trophy to a goalie. Like, and let, you know, you'd have to like do 2011 Tim Thomas playoffs for the entire year. And I don't know if that's possible, but I don't know. What would it take? What would make it possible? Has won it 16 times. A center has won it 29 times. A right wing has won it 18 times. Left wing 13 times. Defender 12 times. So do the math. It is possible. Uh, we saw like three of them in the, chance? in the 2000s, but we haven't seen any since 2009. Yeah. So that kind of tells you something. Yeah, it feels like it's not possible. And not to say that the 2009 is not the modern NHL, but it feels like in the modern NHL, it's not like they're going to do it. And the other fun thing to remember with the Calder is that, you know, sometimes a guy will win it that just doesn't go on to be the player you expect them to be. You know, like Jeff Skinner won the Calder trophy in 2010, 2011. Tyler Myers won it the year before him. Steve Mason won it the year before him. Can anyone tell me how those guys pulled it off (laughs) compared to, you know, Evgeny Malkin two years before Steve Mason, Gabriel Landeskog a year after Jeff Skinner, Jonathan Huberto. He's been trending today on Twitter. 2013, Nathan McKinnon the year after that, Aaron Ekblad the year after that. You know, it's it's that weird of an award where occasionally it's the literal best player, future generational type of guy. And other times it's someone that had a really good year 
in their first full season of hockey, which cool for them. You know, that's an award's an award. Neat. But it's also like it, it doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day because the, the main goal here is winning a Stanley Cup and not necessarily being like, I am one of three goaltenders to win the Calder in, two, in the 2000s. Name them. Evgeny Malkin, Ray, Andrew Raycroft, and Steve Mason. Woo! You know, like trivia night stuff. Yeah, I also like, and, and like we were just saying, like for goalies, it's such a year-to-year thing that like, you know, you could win it this year and, and totally flop next year. Like, it's definitely not unheard of. Honestly, if Swayman plays like 50 games and he has a two or less goal against average, then sure, he'll be a finalist. But it's it's either Anaheim or Detroit, one of those guys out there. That's the front runner for the Calder this year. And it's pretty much no questions asked the reason why. <laughs> Have you seen Trevor Zegers play? You're quite familiar with it because he scored the game-winning goal against the Bruins the other night. Have you seen Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond play? If you haven't, I recommend watching those games because they're pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, Drew, any other thoughts on that or just copy-paste? Copy-paste. We can't can't talk to Bill about it. Uh, Rob also asked, top three go-to snacks to pair with beer and hockey. So this is the one I was was thinking about. So I think stuff with, like, peanut butter is kind of good. Like, like, if you gave me like revolutionary like butter, statement from Drew, there, like there's butter. peanut butter is kind of good. <laughs> I meant with beer and <laughs> hockey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean in general, yes. Uh, you know, I mean, unless you're allergic to it. Butter. Sorry, yeah. Beer. Um, nutter. So nutter butters. I used to eat nutter butters a lot. I don't. <laughs> I am not gonna lie. I really was not expecting nutter butters to be the first answer to this. Like, what the <laughs> nutter fuck butter beer the Bruins? Like, come um, on. Um, uh, another one would just be like Cape Cod chips. Love me oh, some kettle chips. Like Can't wrong with chips. And and uh, there's a couple more up there. Uh, I'll say like nachos though. Nachos would yeah. definitely be. But there's a couple other like, like chips, like Doritos and all that. That's there, but nachos is a good if you consider that a snack, like an app. It's an appetizer. I feel like my first thought was like uh, like soft pretzels with beer cheese. Like once you're already doing the beer, you might cheese well toss in some beer cheese. Yeah, always good. Uh, also, really good, just like a nice spicy mustard with that kind of vibe. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, it's different if I'm like at a game versus like at home. You know what I mean? Um, when I was going to like RPI college games growing up, I would we would always get curly fries, but they were also just really good curly fries there. Uh, but that's like a nice like in arena. Move. Oh, fry, fries are awesome with beer. Yeah. Sure. And hot. Um, fries are good always. I feel like we're missing like something. Well, you're missing the snack that was originally invented for, you know, cocktails. Uh, goldfish, of course. I'm talking about. Slim Jims. <laughs> wow, <laughs> goldfish. Goldfish were yep. designed to be paired with cocktails originally. And really? It turns out they're actually really a bigger hit with kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> goldfish. Makes you wonder how they figured that out. But... <laughs> no, um... I, I'm a big goldfish, pretzels, chips and guac guy. Uh, oh, chips and great, guac. great stuff for sodium levels and, you know, blood pressure and all. But uh, if you're at the game, can't go wrong with popcorn, even though it's in the giant trash bags hours ahead of the game. But hey, can't, can't go wrong with that. Soft pretzel, your basic stuff. Chicken tenders. Yeah, like chicken tendies with some, mm. some honey mustard, especially. Choice or some blue cheese. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious. That would be a good like fan question, like a listener question. Like what's, what's your favorite like arena snack versus 
you know, you're sitting at home, couch watching the game. I like, thing. I like the Twizzlers at the Garden. That's are they like different kind of Twizzlers for the just... candy part? Because usually yeah. I eat dinner before the game, and then I because I'm spending so much money on beer, I don't want to get. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's so expensive. So I'll go for like one of those small things. I usually I'll go for like you know the burgers and like Beneventos and Bruins. That's uh, <laughs> that's my forthcoming food podcast. Uh, good question, Schloss. We're gonna get some some listener answers on that because I'm curious to see what kind of stuff people are, are liking. Uh, another good friend of the pod, Sean Rajot. Sorry, Sean Rajat. There you go, Sean. Um, top five Twitter followers for you guys. That's kind of a tough one, too. So my first one is me. Oh, Bruins. Um, nice. I was recording this during the Golden Knights game. So, yeah. One nothing bees. Woo. <laughs> um, my first one is me. My second one is my work Twitter account, um, <laughs> which I don't use at all. But when I told them my at was Doob Schmoob, uh, they were like, make a new Twitter. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> and no, uh, I mean, I'll say Matt Kalman. I've been following him for a long time, like someone I've been following since I first kind of got involved in Bruins Twitter. Um, great writer, always has pretty solid takes good guy on twitter um let's see you guys keep shouting them out because i'm trying to think of some as well yeah as from like a, that's from like my a first. Bruins perspective um definitely ty anderson is one of my favorite people on on bruins twitter and just in the media always consistently really good stuff um would love to have him on here but just seems like an awesome guy and like would definitely like has just like very calm but calculated opinions about the Bruins that I, I really respect. So definitely tie. Yeah, I was going like just thinking scrolling through my list real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah other to, other Bruins like watching too many posts or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. friend, friend of the podcast, Pete Blackburn. Gotta give yeah. him a shout out in case anyone's new around here. He's a fun dude to follow and uh, good for him. He finally just saw a good Bruins game for once as opposed to you know, the most like traumatic loss in 2019 and stuff like that. Seven, nothing win in LA. Happy to yeah. see him having a good time. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Conan O'Brien. Just if you'd like things that yes, aren't hockey. Yes, yes, yes. We got, yeah. we got to have a Conan episode. Uh, the king of Twitter <laughs> I've been, I love Conan O'Brien. I've been watching him since I was a kid. We got Walter Skarsgård. Got to give him a shout out. Uh, <laughs> Not now, but we, we got to have some sort of segment on Conan. Absolutely. Other hockey people. I, I look big guy on Jeff Merrick, Elliot Friedman, the evolving hockey guys, the evolving, evolving wild twins. That's their account, but the evolving hockey account. Also cool. Uh, Allison Lucan. Also great. Uh, yeah anyone if if you go through and you realize i follow like what almost four thousand accounts now follow like half of them because most of it's hockey a lot of it's the hockey hockey related few nascar people in there but anyway good stuff um, um want to rank top five followers and i'm like trying to like i don't know if i like i feel um, like I, it's hard for me to like say just five so i don't even want to like so say i'm gonna come up with some uh, some obscure ones uh byron defoe has a go. uh has a twitter account Hell yeah. Dominic um, it's not check marked but uh he does 
Uh, I'm just scrolling through randomly and finding some. Oh, the fours, the fours bar, <laughs> the fours bar. No, seriously, I love the fours. They, I hope they come back to somewhere close to the garden at some point because that was my go-to four games there. Um, Jake DeBrusque, sure, we'll go with that. Oh, fair, uh, fair weather fans. Uh, Chris's old. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, and then uh, you. Oh, actually, this is a good one. If you like college hockey, uh, US USCHO. Um, and I think there's just college hockey news. Those uh, CHN. Those those two. If you're a college hockey fan, those are great follows. So, yeah. Yeah, CHN is good to follow on Twitter. Their app is. Their app is garbage, it's but bad. use like use desktop. Stores. Use their use their <laughs> website. Yeah, the website not use their bad. app. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, know, I have like a lot of like niche followers. You know what I mean that I really enjoy. But it's like unless like you did certain things or if something. You know what I mean? Like, like What's I know people from Friday and stuff that have like really good Twitters from like Maryland or like like some local Portland, Maine people who are just like hilarious or like that kind of thing. But it's not going to apply to a lot of our listeners who aren't in Portland, Maine. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Shout some other people out. If, if you got them on, on the Twitterverse, you guys can <laughs> share with us who your favorite followers oh, are. Follow at, at Jmar. Uh, I think it's 64. I don't know. It's my girlfriend. I don't know what her <laughs> ad is. is whatever. Nice. Try that. If it's not her, then just follow them anyway. That would be funny. Yeah. And of course, all of our wonderful friends who have joined us in the pod, um, I can't even begin to shout out all of you because there's, there's been a lot of you. So. Oh, Spoke Z. If you don't follow Spoke Z, follow Spoke Z. <laughs> As Drew starts, but yeah, <laughs> Spoke is definitely a, a favorite of ours. It'll make your Bruins or hockey or Minnesota Wild fandom a lot better. So mm-hmm. both. that's a good one. It'll actually make you a fan of both teams if you only like Yeah, one. whether you want to or not. <laughs> um, I don't know if – oh, I think our last – question was uh from my roommate sam <clears throat> he asked how can the pod get ryan jackson back on twitter uh for those of you who don't know ryan jackson is a, a listener slash friend of the pod who was recently banned for twitter um <laughs> he's joined etd in the, the great beyond yeah he's, he's so with the ETD, tweet the, the tweet that he the tweet got. is outstanding uh a little backstory here you guys can decide fair or foul apparently i don't i have to find the tweet but apparently tyreek hill uh, noted scumbag and wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, tweeted something about how he could race all y'all motherfuckers, something like that. Like, he, I think he said something along the lines of like, I can race everybody, like, call me slow, that sort of shit. And uh, Rijax responded with, uh, you slow AF, I'll burn your ass any day, as in, in a race. And uh, Twitter did not like that very much and suspended him. And he apparently appealed it and got denied. So he might just be gone forever. Um, so that's a that's a bummer. I don't know what we can do. I told we were trying to brainstorm ways for him to get a new Twitter, but like it doesn't. It's gonna lock him out with his phone, so he's gotta like get the IP new. address. There's actually a, a whole bunch of ways around that. The yeah. Bruce and Bruins podcast is sponsored by NordVPN. <laughs> it's not. Uh, unless they want it's to not listen, free shouts anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, shout out to Duncan as well, just because, because always, you know. Anyway, this is going longer than we intended already. Well, you don't want Nancy. to answer Chris's question. Oh, the, oh, I forgot NHL Chris's question. Shit. All right, we do need to answer that quickly. 
Um, I, I why did it get? Or, or we don't. It's, it's fine. We don't have to. No, it's a good one. I want to answer it. Um, I'm balanced between accounts here because I got questions on both. Where is it? Basically, oh, there it is. if you could improve one of your uh, aspects, ratings, whatever you want, to 99 overall in NHL, street hockey, whatever. Uh, I think it said it beer league. Yeah, beer league. That's but, that's what it was. Or whatever year. Yeah, I would do I would do skating because I feel like I don't know in beer league you're not going to have the best skaters in the world. I would assume all the time. Um, Sit around them. So I think skating gives you a huge advantage there if you can have like the speed advantage because you don't like in beer league you don't go all out either. It's not like you're throwing fucking hip checks everywhere. Yeah, you like, can't. No, yeah, it's not, not like the Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, not in your beer league. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes uh, there's certainly video clips of that shit happening, but it's usually someone just going way further than they should in a fucking beer league game. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um. I think, I mean, like, I don't know. There's like a bunch of funny answers here, like all the dumbass stats that they have that are like, <laughs> but fighting uh, discipline and poise, and, yeah, discipline, you know, composure, yeah. things like that. And you're like, um, how does no, that? I think like realistically, um, probably shooting for me, like as a as a player in college and stuff. I I played defense, but I was definitely like a like a shutdown D man slash like puck distributor. I was pass first kind of guy. Um, Corey Krug kind of over here. <laughs> Are you thinking Charlie like, slap shot more power, like slapshot accuracy? No, I definitely was. Oh, that's true. I have to go for one. Um, I think power. I have a pretty good accuracy. I've just never had that like really killer wrist shot um, that a lot of players had against. I, again, I always just was like, I was pass first and um, not to pump my tires, but I feel like I had pretty good eyes on the ice. Like, I could feed the puck really well, but I was, I, you know what I mean? I, if we were on a two on one, chances are I was trying to draw a defender and, and, you know, open up back door for you. So like, I feel like having that extra okay, shot, especially because like in, in beer league now, I I'm at this point, I can like, at least the league that I'm playing in recently, they can skate more than most of the guys. Cause they're just older guys. Um, so I feel like having the shot would be the most 60 and thing. older league. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I'm like, for some up, reason, he looks like Wayne Gretzky up there. I don't know why, but no, every beer league's got the guy who thinks he's Wayne Gretzky, which is a different story, but, um, same thing in racing school. Fun fact. Really? Uh, yeah. Who thinks he's Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> there, was, there was someone that thought they were the Wayne Gretzky of go-karts. Uh, it would have been better if they thought they were just the Wayne Gretzky of, of hockey. But it would be better if it were Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> go-kart. Yeah. Uh, Lancey, what would your stat be? I would go wrist shot accuracy. Uh, mm-hmm. Power is fine, but the accuracy, it's not so much that I'm hitting the twine every time. It's that I'm shooting with a purpose. So occasionally I might intentionally shoot right at the pad to generate a rebound. Shot with you know, purpose. For the garbage guys to collect the trash. And dump home like the trash people they are. <laughs> uh, I, that was actually one of my favorites. Like when I was playing forward back in like youth hockey and stuff, I loved playing in front of the net, trying to tip pucks and just like. I love being the guy home that rebounds. would bring it into the zone and then throw it to the slot and just hope for the best hope and the someone best. redirect it. <laughs> It's always nice, yeah. Because it worked twice in the championship game in the spring 2011 deck hockey league that was in. Uh, and then we allowed three straight goals, a natural hat trick for the other team, their guy, and we lost. And yeah. that stays with you because it for does. some reason it just does. <laughs> it does. I've had some tough youth losses. And this is um, a song by the Kooks. 
and I feel your sway, cause you're always capering, and I 